0: How many times have you doodled an idea on a napkin? Listen, quilters, there's a program for your computer called Electric Quilt that will change your life. Today on the show, you'll meet an independent EQ educator. She's had a passion for the program for over 20 years, and I can't wait to explore this conversation. Welcome to the Quilter on Fire podcast. Hello and welcome to another wonderful podcast episode where I explore the stories of teachers, speakers, artists, and everyday quilters to share their tips, tricks, adventures, and day-to-day life that will bring you more joy and less overwhelm in the quilting studio. I'm your host, Brandy Maslowski, also known as the Quilter on Fire, and I can't wait to share this week's episode with you. So here we go. I'm so excited to have this conversation today with independent EQ educator Yvonne Menier. She has had a passion for EQ for over 20 years. She speaks to quilt guilds at retreats at regional, national, and international sewing and quilt shows. She does projects and blogs for EQ and teaches at their annual retreat. She creates bespoke workshops to give the student exactly what they need. And today, we're going to talk everything EQ. Yvonne, welcome to the show. Hi, Randy.
1: Thanks for having me today.
0: I'm so happy to have you here. This is such a popular product in the quilting industry. And, you know, it's just going to be such a great conversation for all those quilters, especially who've never used it before. So I like to start off by taking a look back always on how your quilting or stitching journey began. So
1: tell us about your first stitches. Well, the first stitches that I recall, um, when I was little, my mother taught me to cross stitch. And um, I didn't like it because she was too exacting. It had to be perfect. And I was only five. So (laughs) that kind of turned me off. Then the next time I remember actually sewing was uh, when I had a babysitter, the babysitter came over and uh, my girlfriend down the street came with her Barbie dolls. And the babysitter uh, showed us how to make clothes for the Barbie doll just with hand stitching and a few scraps of fabric. And I was hooked on sewing straight from then. I made all my own school clothes um, all through junior high and high school. I made my wedding dress and my bridesmaids dresses made my children's clothes. And then after a while, the kids, all they wanted was t-shirts and jeans. And (laughs) they had all this fabric left. So I thought, what am I going to do with this? And I started quilting. So that was in the early 80s. I, I took up quilting more seriously. And so it's just bloomed from there. I started doing machine embroidery and that got incorporated into the quilting. And I've just never stopped. Working with fabrics has been my love for a long time. So has there been a certain person or guild or quilt shop that really
0: helped you on your journey?
1: Oh, um, we all kind of stand on the shoulders of those that came before us. So I've learned little snippets and stuff all along. But I must say my strongest supporter at all during this whole thing that I've been doing has been the EQ company. They've been there and really promoted um, my love of the fabrics and designing and and then sharing that with others. So I've been exposed to a lot of people along the way, but EQ has been the consistent with me all along.
0: And we're going to get into quite a bit about EQ in a bit, but let's talk a little bit more about... Where are you living right now? And who are the loved ones that you surround yourself with every day?
1: Well, originally I'm from Michigan, born and raised in Michigan. And after my husband and I got married in the early 70s, uh, we wanted to leave that area and explore, and we thought we were going to Colorado, but we actually ended up in British Columbia, Canada. Wow. Um, I was a dental hygienist, and they were in desperate need of hygienists in British Columbia at that time, and so we emigrated to Canada, and we've been here ever since. Our children were born here, so we have two sons. One of them lives here, and one of them lives in the U.S., and so we still cross back and forth across the border all the time because uh, the rest of our extended family is still in Michigan. But we, yeah, to us, the two countries, not only are they close to each other, just a border away, but they're very, very similar. So it's very easy to assimilate from one country to another. So I I live in Canada, travel all the time teaching uh, with my quilting and my embroidery. So um, I'm all over the place.
0: (laughs) Well, I knew you lived in BC, very close to me. I can't wait to meet you in person. Actually, we'll have to get together. So you said that you were a dental hygienist so that was your career so how did the conversation about quilting for a living like as a business begin like what did so did you have a transition from your career or did you flat out retire how did that go
1: Well I like I said I always kept sewing so even though I was working full time I was uh, worked in dentistry for 45 years but I always at the end of my day of work, I would go home and I would be sewing. So I always had that there. I had it in the back of my mind that when I retired, I would get a rocking chair and sit on my front porch and I would rock and talk to all my friends that like to sew too. But what happened was, as I was learning more and more, uh, local stores were noticing that I was picking up software programs. I was working on designing and they started asking me if I would teach classes for them because they could sell the product, but they didn't have the the staff to teach the products. So I sort of fell into it by accident. And it just kept growing from there, word of mouth, people were coming to me, asking me to to teach for them. I ended up having for about 10 years, I had my own machine embroidery club, I had my own electric quilt club, um, on top of teaching contract work for different uh, places so. It just evolved. It wasn't something that where I said, I want to be an educator for sewing. I just love sewing and I love sharing my love with other people. So it was just a natural transition. So I took it seriously and started doing it full time once I retired uh, from being a dental hygienist and I'm still doing it now.
0: And when I was talking to you in the discovery call, you mentioned garments as well. So what did you find was the big difference between garments and quilting?
1: Well, in garments, you can, uh, there's a little bit more ease, there's a little bit more, you can uh, stretch things, you can uh, g- sort of piece them together, but they don't have to be exact. Um you, you know there's a lot of drape and flow where in quilting it is precision piecing those points have to match your quilt has to lie flat especially if it's going to be hung on a wall you don't want ripples in it and so um, it was much more precise although it was basically straight line stitching um, until I started embellishing with with the uh, stitches and then it got more than straight line stitching but but quilting is more precise than garment making. Mm -hmm. I still do both all the time. But um, yeah, there is a slight difference between precision piecing and making garments.
0: Yeah. And so you taught at shops, and then you started teaching at guilds and then shows. So tell us about some of your quilty travels. So where have you been and what have been some of the highlights?
1: Well, I probably wouldn't have traveled at all if it weren't for quilting. You know, I would would have gone from British Columbia back to Michigan to visit family and back again. Uh, but because I quilt, um, I started teaching at local shops, and then we have our uh our big uh, fairs here and our big sewing shows here within our province. And then I started traveling across Canada to teach at different shows across Canada. Um, the Quilt Canada annual show, uh, I was when I was working with Janome for a little while as part of their education team, I was traveling and teaching with that. The electric quilt company started hearing what I was doing and they heard how I did my own retreats and stuff. And then at one time they were uh, considering looking into adding machine embroidery to their electric quilt software. It was when it was still on EQ7. So I worked with them in developing that. And in the process of doing that, I wrote a book for them about how to use that software. And then they had me teaching at the international quilt festival in Houston, Uh, which was wonderful. I did that for three years. I started teaching up and down the West Coast, mostly in Washington and Oregon. Um, My youngest son lived in Tennessee for a while. So when I went to Tennessee, I would teach at local shops there. So it's just kind of expanded. My, My biggest audience though has been through the Electric Quilt Company and writing for their blog. I have reached out and because it's international, I have students that I've worked with around the world. I haven't physically been there in person, but I feel like it sometimes. So it's it's been uh, quite the road. Uh, COVID, of course, have slowed us down this last couple of years. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to getting back onto the traveling again, because I do like going to each of the different regions and talking with people because they all have a different perspective on what they think are good colors and good layouts and stuff. So i, I learned a lot that way. I also taught with Craftsy, craftsy Craftsy.com, which Mm -hmm. is an online company, and they're out of Colorado. So I traveled down there a couple times and recorded sessions with them and stuff. So I've been able to get around just because I quilt.
0: Yeah, that's so great. And you started sort of getting involved with EQ way back at version four over 20 years ago, right? So let's talk a little bit more about that first big, you know, adventure with Houston. So what was it like to go to Houston for the first time and be a teacher?
1: Well, I was terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I don't think of myself as being anything special or any different than just your everyday quilter. And uh, I learned from watching people and going to classes. And of course, the big name teachers throughout the world are at the International Quilt Festival and I thought, who am I to be standing there with all these other educators? I I don't have their presence, but um, when I got to know them, they're they're just people just like anybody else, and they'll tell you the same thing. They're they're learning new stuff all the time and practicing. So it, it felt comfortable after the first day of of, of terror. <laughs> it was it was very comfortable, and of course, the Electric Quilt Company was there and being supportive of me. They had their booth there. And, um, it, it was great. And because I taught there, your name gets out in the market, people start to know you. So that helped to expand my visibility in the quilting world. So it was, it was quite, quite, quite the thing to do.
0: (laughs) And it's kind of unique. Like it's the, the quilters can't just show up and sit down at a machine that's provided for them. Do they have to each have their own laptop and a version of the software or how does that work in a class?
1: Yes. In my classes, since I do teach the software classes as a hands-on class, they bring their laptop with them, and which is no problem. People travel everywhere with their computers, their iPads, whatever. And so, they come to my class with the program loaded on their their computer. And then I teach the tools within the program and how to use them step-by-step throughout the course of the, the class. And it's usually six to eight hours. And I cover some of the basics. You can't teach the whole program in a day, but um, it gives them a good start. I, I write really um, very detailed notes. So I download it onto their computer for them. So while they're in class, they're not writing and taking notes. They're actually working along with me, but then they have that downloaded version of my notes that are step-by-step exactly what I taught them during the class that day. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, Pretty heavy class, but they Mm -hmm. walk away knowing so much more and feeling much more confident that they can take on the program and and create. And they are also told of all the support that EQ gives their uh, customers, so they know they can always contact EQ or they can contact me directly to get ongoing support that they need.
0: Yeah. And it's really nice that when you have this desire to create something yourself, you'll then have the tools to be able to do it. So early on, you mentioned that you had an embroidery club and an EQ club. So obviously you were doing stuff that really caught EQ's eye. Uh, So what kind of things do you design?
1: uh everything yeah. <laughs> um yeah pretty much anything i uh i'm inspired by what i see on the internet and what other people are doing i um i create my quilts i'm more of a traditional quilter more than a more than a modern quilter but i have done some modern quilting But within the blocks, within a traditional quilt, there's areas where you can add machine embroidery as a focal point, or you can use your embroidery machine to quilt your quilt with it. So there are quilt stencils built into EQ. I can easily take those into my embroidery program, change them around, create them as an embroidery design, but I actually hoop my quilt in my embroidery machine and quilt my quilting background Also, when I'm doing um, an area where there's a lot of negative space like we have in the more modern quilts, I can take a quilt stencil design from EQ, stitch that in my embroidery hoop in large areas in the negative space and then I free motion quilt around that to fill it in Mm -hmm. so I I sort of combine everything I also uh, I also paint my fabric sometimes too so using a quilt stencil design or even an embroidery design stitch that on and then paint the fabric um, within the design itself and use that in my quilt so yeah I go all different ways.
0: (laughs) Well, it's nice to get a glimpse into your creative process. So let's talk a little bit about your first book. I know you said that this led to Houston. So it's, was it called How to Use EQ Stitch? Tell us about that book.
1: Yeah. So that book was uh, directly on how to use the EQ Stitch program. And so EQ Stitch was an add-on. They don't, have that program anymore, but I still support it for people that bought it. Mm -hmm. Um, I still, they can reference me and I can help them through it. But that book was, uh, that was an eye opener for me. I'd never written a book, had no desire to write a book, Um, but it, I learned about publishing and about, you know, what works and I tend to use too many words and having to cut it down and (laughs) making it short and simple. So that was my first book and it was published through the EQ company. Since that time, I've uh, collaborated with other educators on a second book that the EQ company also published. And so that was each chapter was a different educator talking about highlights of the EQ program and how they use it. So I have two published books that I was a part of. So I'm kind of proud of that. That was something that was totally new to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's so exciting. I always love to ask this question. What did it feel like to have your very first book in your hands for the first time?
1: Um, I was excited but what surprised me was how many people thought that that meant I was somebody and I'm yeah. like really they're like oh you're an author oh can I see you? they want me to sign their book yeah. or, and I thought well okay it's it's a how-to book on how to use the program but it was just one more step in getting my name out there and somehow validating this uh this love that I have for creating quilts yeah
0: so was that was that sort of the moment when you kind of felt like okay yeah I can kind of do this for a living
1: yes yes and no because I I'm actually retired and living on a pension so my my quilting and and my teaching and stuff isn't so much making a living as it is augmenting my pension. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Oh, that's nice. um, so uh, I'm still in it for fun. It's not like it's a job I have to get up and do every day. It's, yeah. it's something that I do and that I love sharing with people. And yes, that. That helped get me along that path even further. Um, I've learned all kinds of new things that I never would have known uh, if it wasn't for exploring my options with using the EQ software to create quilts. It's uh, opened a whole world to me. Okay, so...
0: You are well-known for your in-depth handouts because this is software and you need to be able to go home and redo what was taught in the class. So tell us what other kind of workshops you offer. We talked about the basic one that's sort of six or eight hours, but are there other workshops that you, I know that you cater to your student or the group quite a bit, right?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, it, again as an independent educator it depends on who I contract with and what they want yeah. um, you know I'll go into stores and teach a continuing club in a store and teach different aspects of the electric quilt program um, I've taught at guilds that have like three and four day retreats and I'll be the featured uh, educator during that I, I teach again at the EQ retreat uh, that's coming up every year they and there's there's this coming up in April and I'll teach there. I also do independent. I have people call me up uh, more locally and say, you know, I I really don't want to sit in a big classroom. I get distracted. I have some specific questions. Will you teach independently? So I do, then I teach them exactly what they want to know. So I'm really flexible that way and that I can teach different things. And when I'm writing for the blog for EQ blog on their website, I do monthly blog writing, which is teaching. In a way, I'm teaching them how to use the program when I'm blogging. But I also did a series called uh, Design and Sew. And that was creating a big project right from the beginning all the way through how to print the pattern, the fabric requirements, and all of that. And that was over several weeks. And I did a series of three of those. Again, they're posted on the EQ blog. And all of my work on the EQ blog is free for anybody to see and download. But it's, yeah, I just grew from there. With that design and sew series that I did, I also did video recordings because some people are visual learners. So that was the f- when I really had to, okay, now I had to step up my game again and learn how to do visual, to do recording run recording software editing yeah. all that kind of stuff so um, i just keep growing the stuff that i'm doing so yeah. it 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 just it doesn't stop there's always something
0: Okay, so if you want to see some of the things that Yvonne has written, you can go to electricquilt.com and check out the blog tab, or you can just search her name on the website and you'll find everything she's written. And also, if you want to connect with her directly to book something for your guild or your event, you can just send her an email at meneer.yvonne at gmail.com. And menier is spelled M-E-N-E-A-R. Okay, so I love to ask every guest of my show these next two questions. So the first one is what kind of studio space do you work in at home? Can you describe it to
1: us? Uh, Okay, we'll call it a studio. Okay. (laughs) Uh, um, When I retired, we downsized Uh quite, quite small, I used to have a large sewing room that was like the whole basement of my house. Now I work in an eight by 10 square foot second bedroom. And that's where I do all my writing, my recording, my sewing, everything is in there. So it's, it's a very tiny space. It's in a retirement village where we live with all other retirees. And that's where I work. Do all my work from there. And it's cozy, but it works. You know,
0: you make it work. It's what you've got. (laughs) Okay. And in your quilting world, what brings
1: you joy? Oh, you know, being with other people that it's all about being with other people. I mean, I I can quilt and sew and embroider and do all that stuff in my own, my own sewing room. But uh, my joy comes from sharing with others, hearing what others are doing, what excites them? Uh, what's the new trend that they're all following? And being able to share things that I have learned along the way and and just just, yeah, just being with people. That's that's the joyous part of the, the whole quilting community is, is, is sharing ideas with people.
0: Yeah, community is everything. Okay, so right now, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk more about Yvonne's EQ designs, how she mixes quilt design with embroidery, and the cool features of the EQ software. We'll be right back. So here's a word from Northcott. Northcott fabrics are famous to quilters for their Stonehenge and O Canada collections. Right here on this podcast, we give away fabric from Northcott Collections, Banyan Boutiques, and Figo fabrics. Look for all of these at your local quilt shop. Northcott, cottons that feel like silk. How many times have you taken a picture of a quilt you want to make or doodled an idea on a napkin? Listen, quilters, there's a program for your computer called Electric Quilt that will change your life. It's for designing your own quilts. It comes with thousands of blocks and fabrics. Plus, you can add your own. You can print rotary cutting charts, templates, or foundation paper piecing patterns to sew whatever you design. It'll even tell you how much fabric you need. Watch a free demo at electricquilt.com and save 20% through March 31st with code FIRE20. Okay, and we're back. And Yvonne, I want to talk a little bit more about how you incorporate em- embroidery into your quilting designs. So, do you quilt on a long arm or a domestic machine? And how do you incorporate the embroidery with your EQ planning?
1: Well, I. I used to have a long arm when I lived in a house and had a big sewing room. Now I don't. Everything is done on a domestic machine. I've never sent a quilt out to have it professionally quilted. I've always done it myself. The EQ program, it has blocks that you can, there's over 6,000 blocks built into the program, you can draw your own blocks, you can bring in an image into that program, in the background and trace the elements that you want to create your own block, you can bring in an image and have it uh, printed on fabric. So it's like a photo on fabric. And you can incorporate that into like a memory quilt where you have pictures of, of loved ones, and you create a memory quilt. They have quilt layouts, different traditional layouts, like a horizontal layout or a Bargello quilt layout. Or the, all different layouts are in the program. But you can create your own. You can do whatever you want. It's The tools are in the program. It's a big program, and it does so much for you. The other thing you can do is if you have created a machine embroidery design and you want to see how it would look in a quilt, in a quilt layout, you can design your quilt blocks and your layout and your colors and all that with the fabrics that you want to use. And then you can bring in your embroidery design and lay it into the quilt layout in EQ to see how that embroidery design is going to work. And you can resize it and recolor it a bit. Now. It's not an embroidery design when it's in EQ, EQ, it's an image of an embroidery design. So you still need your embroidery software to, to work with creating the embroidery design. But the two marry together perfectly. I can flip back and forth between them all the time. When I did the EQ stitch uh, add-on to the EQ seven. I created my embroidery designs right within that EQ program at that time. And that was great because then I made quilts with all those design samples in them. So it's such a flexible program. Uh, I mean, there's so much in there, which is great for me because I'm not artistic by nature. I mm-hmm. I can't draw a straight line to save my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I can work with shapes and, and layouts and plans and edit them and make them the way I want without having to be able to draw the whole thing from scratch. Yeah. So that helps create you know the artistic edge of what i'm doing that and my fancy sewing machine that does absolutely amazing stuff (laughs) for me um you know so it it's just such an all-encompassing program that no matter what where you're coming from, whether you're an art quilter, a traditional quilter, a modern quilter, whether you want to add embellishment, whether you want to uh, add machine embroidery, all of it, it all works perfectly within the EQ program.
0: Yeah, I love it. And, you know, I probably jumped ahead a little bit because I was excited about the embroidery feature, but, or the, the way you could add embroidery. But so let's take a step back and talk about the basics. So, First of all, you can go in there and design something from scratch, or you can go into libraries of things. So can you talk a little bit about the kinds of libraries you'll see in the EQ program?
1: Well, yes. Okay. So, in the libraries, there's all kinds of libraries. There's fabric libraries, there are design libraries, there, there are layout libraries, there's block libraries. All of that is built in there. And there's thousands of options that you can choose from. And they are all editable. You can take a block that's kind of what you wanted, but not really. And you can edit it and make it your own. So, it really helps you along the way to get you started in that thought process. Or you can draw from scratch if you want to. Also, So the program, it's got everything in it that you could possibly need. I mean, over the years, as as I've changed what I'm doing, um, I think about how I would do it. And sure enough, there's the tools and the EQ. Their image work table is amazing. It's like working with a program like Corral draw or something yeah. where you can bring in images and edit them and everything. And it's a huge part of the EQ program. And it's uh, it's really incredible what you could do. But also those libraries, you can purchase add-ons to those libraries and the EQ company keeps coming up with add-ons. Fabric companies, now when you go to a fabric company's website, they often will have images of their fabrics that are uh, available now or fabrics that are going to be coming down the line. And you can take those images and bring them into EQ and design with them before they even hit the market. So when, I, when I'm teaching uh, in a store, like recently I've been teaching with Dragonfly Quilting and Gifts in Surrey, BC, um, they are also a fabric wholesaler. So as their fabric lines came in and I was teaching my EQ class in their shop, I would take images of the fabric lines that came in and we designed with that in our class. So at the end of class, when the students were finished creating something, they could then go out into the shop and purchase. Just the fabric right there that was exactly what we designed with in EQ. I also when I was working with them um they make a lot of quilt kits because they're they're manufactured with their fabrics and stuff and so I created uh some canadiana type quilts that were for the beginner quilter that that were a kit so it was your pattern your fabric and and the lesson on how to put it all together and I was able to do that using my EQ software for the entire quilt package that was sold then as a Kit for that store.
0: And I think like there's just such a wide variety of things you can do with this program because if you're the type of quilter who likes to sketch something and wants to design from scratch, you can open a blank slate. But if you're if that overwhelms you the blank page, then you can go into the libraries. But if you go in the libraries and that overwhelms, you could just start blank and then choose or you could choose something from the library and change it. So I love that there's so many options for every different type of designer out there. Whether you're new or you've been designing forever, there's something for you. So that's kind of cool. So can you give us an outline for someone who's never had EQ before? If they go online and purchase it, what will they get?
1: Okay, so when you go to the company website, and you you purchase it, um, you can purchase a lot of different things. But the main program you can purchase, and it's a download. So it immediately downloads onto your computer and you can start. The company also has a lot of support books that are there too. And they will help you in learning this step by step of how to use the program. But the good thing about it, too, is that you can go to the EQ website, and they have all kinds of tutorials on their website on how to get you started in using the program. There's also built-in tutorials into the program itself. So, it's very... Um, It's a very robust program, but you can learn it in little bits and bytes and get what you need to get quite often I have students come to a class and they say I don't know anything I just got this I just put it on my computer, I have no idea how to use it, and by the end of the first class they're designing and they're they're so thrilled. So you can get the help to get up and get going with it. If you learn by reading, great. There's lots of of reading material that, you know, you can get into that and and use the program. If you're a visual learner, there's lots of tutorials. There's um, online support is videos too. Uh, EQ has a YouTube website. A lot of people like to watch YouTube to see how to. So there's lots of different ways. My favorite way of, of learning is to, just getting a bunch of friends together. And we all have the same program. And we sort of challenge each other like what what can we do? What how would we create this? What steps would we take to make whatever? And uh, we all learn from each other that way. And it's, it's a great uh, time to get together and have a coffee and share and talk and, and learn while we're at it.
0: Yeah, that sounds like so much fun, because you could actually have a little EQ club in your guild, right? Yeah, that's great. Okay, so, and I really love the fact that you can go online and get all the free information and you can learn on the YouTube channel, but then they also have this great big thick beginner book that you can dog ear the pages and try everything. I like to read through a book and have all the pages checked off that I've done them. So that's great. They offer all kinds of things for different learners. Okay, so how has EQ changed over the years? You got involved way, way back when it was EQ4. So how have things
1: changed over the years? Well, the program's gotten easier. It's more intuitive. Um, at first uh, computer programs were a bit cumbersome and you had to you, you had to learn the computer language before you could actually navigate the program. Yeah. Over the years, it's become more uh, visual. The the screen makes sense the way it's laid out. You can visually see where things are. Um, and it just keeps growing. It keeps meeting the demands of the people as they grow. At one time, they didn't have an image work table in there where you could bring in images. So they've added that over the years. And that's been a very popular add-on. Uh, they changed the way they lay out. When EQ first started, it was DOS-based. And for people who know anything about computers, DOS was like you know all those numbers and programming. And people aren't programmers; they're users. So yeah. if you just wanted to design something, it was difficult to navigate. But now with the the newer versions, it's much easier. And again, the support system is there to help us now. So. Um, yeah, it just, it just keeps, the company listens to their customers and the customers say, but I want to do this or I want to do that. And they keep notes on that. And then as they upgrade their versions of the software, they take that information and they look at how they can build that into the program. So it's, it's, um, it's become very intuitive, easier to use, and it's, it's easier to pick up. And the support for it is just amazing.
0: Yeah. It sounds like they've made it more user-friendly over time. And I remember being really excited when I found out, because my, my sponsor has been Northcott since 2013. When I found out that you could actually take the Northcott actual fabrics and plop them into the program. I remember I was so excited. I just designed a quilt for a spring issue of Quilt Maker Magazine. And I was pulling Northcott fabrics to try to figure out which ones I was going to use. So that's a pretty fun way to do it.
1: You can also use that image work table. Um, You don't have to go to a website and get a manufacturer's fabric. You can take a picture of a fabric that you have in your own stash. And take that picture and bring it in. So when I'm up in the middle of the night, and I can't sleep, uh, you know, my local store isn't open, I can't go to the store. So I just look at my stash that I have, I pull the fabrics that I think will work well with each other. I take pictures of them and load them into my EQ. And then I can design with the fabrics that I actually have on my shelf at home. What's also good is as I'm designing and I come up with something and it, and it works with all my fabrics that I have, the program will tell me how much of each fabric I need to create that exact design. So then I can go back and look and say, okay, the program's telling me I need a meter of this one particular fabric. And then I look at my stash and I say, do I have a meter of that fabric? It was nice that I took a picture of it, but do I actually have a meter? <laughs> yeah. And so I can, I can work with what I have with the measurements, the yardage that I have, and, and build it into my EQ without ever leaving my, my sewing room. And I can, I can design and sew all in one.
0: Yeah. And I can just imagine playing for hours. Once you have the design down, you know what kind of quilt you want to make. You could just change the fabrics for hours and hours until you find mm-hmm.
1: something that you absolutely love. Right. You can get lost in it. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> I bet.
0: Okay. So now it's time for the lightning round Robin. It's a series of rapid fire questions and it's super fun. So are you ready? Okay. Okay. Let's go. What is your favorite
1: notion? Oh, um, can we call EQ a notion? <laughs> I, I was going to say, it's my, <laughs> it's my programs. My programs are what inspire me to try stuff. And then my machines. My machines are, have all these built-in features that are just absolutely amazing that they can do wonderful works for me. So between my software programs and my machines, those, that's where my, my inspiration is and my, my tools are. Okay. How are you
0: inspired to choose colors for your quilts?
1: Uh, Yeah, colors, um, you know, we all have our favorite colors, and you tend to stick to that same palette. Uh, But when I choose colors, I tend to choose more uh, tone on tone, not a lot of print, because I probably will end up doing some fancy stitching, embroidering, whatever, and it doesn't show up against a print background. So I can see that in my EQ, I can bring that in and work with it. But EQ also has this really cool tool built into the program It's called randomize. So once I get a whole quilt designed with the colors I like and where my light mediums and darks are and everything, I save that as my original design. And then I play with that Randomize tool. And every time I click, it shows me a different way to apply light, mediums, and darks in different colorways. I can do it as solids. I can do it as prints. And it just opens up that door of inspiration that much further. So, again, it's never-ending, but it's, it's, a, it's a pretty cool process to work with different colors. My favorites are, are blues and purples and fuchsias. And my favorite fabric type is uh, batiks. I love batiks. But yeah, I'll, I'll use anything or do anything. <laughs> okay. So what's the
0: most delightful thing you've discovered with EQ? What, what's been your favorite feature?
1: Oh, boy, that's hard. Um, I like a lot of things. They have, they have a tool that they built into the program that's called Wreath Maker. And when you create a shape... Um, then you can just click on it and tell it to bake it as a wreath. So what it does is it takes that shape and you tell it how many repeats you want of that shape. And it lays it out in a pattern that looks like a, a circular pattern, like a wreath. And then you can move it around and add more stuff to it. So with one click... Uh, you can play with it quite a bit and make different, different uh, designs and, and layouts that overlap each other and all that. And that's a, a real source of inspiration to get me going down a path where I may change it or edit it. But it's a fun tool. And I, I was really happy to see when they made that wreath maker tool in the program.
0: Okay, great. Do you have any quilty collections of any kind?
1: Um, not really. But I do have a quilt that my mother made uh, when she was young, and it was all fabrics from the 1920s and the 1930s, and she hand stitched the little pieces together and made this huge quilt why she made such a big quilt I don't know because they didn't have big beds back then. but. Um, that's my, my collection of, uh, you know, 30s fabrics is actually in that quilt. She passed away before she finished it. She, uh, she had done the top, piece, the top. Um, that's actually the quilt that's hanging behind me here. Oh, okay. And, and I, um, I took it and I finished it off for her but because it was hand pieced, I had to hand quilt it and I'm not a hand quilter. Mm -hmm. So that was a challenge and it's a King size bedspread. So it took a while, (laughs) but that's my, my keepsake collection. That's, that's all I have is that from her. Other than that, I don't, I wouldn't say I have collections other than all my fabric sitting on my shelf. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Fabric is probably the most common answer to this question. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And have you had any embarrassing moments over your quilting journey?
1: Yes. (laughs) One one sticks out in particular. Um, It's quite funny now, but it wasn't funny when it was happening. Um, as educators, we, we travel and we go to different places and a friend of mine was also educating at this uh, quilt show provincial quilt show and we were both uh, going to be teaching so we rode together. And before I left, one of my friends said, you know, she said, you always wear pants and a shirt. She said, you should, you should wear a dress. She said, it would make (laughs) you look more professional. And I'm like, oh man, I I don't like dresses. (laughs) I'm not that comfortable in them. But, but, you know, I thought what she said, and I thought, well, you know, maybe, you know, if if I look like I know what I'm talking about just because of the way I'm dressed, well, okay. (laughs) So my girlfriend and I went to this show and... um, she was shocked when we got up in the morning to get ready to go tea. She said, You put on a dress. <laughs> and I said, Yeah, I was told I should do it. Now the problem with dresses is one, you have to shave your legs. <laughs> yeah. Two, pantyhose. You oh, no. get pantyhose on, you know. And and you have to make sure how when you're moving, you know, you gotta be a little bit more discreet in your movements compared <laughs> to when you're wearing pants. So we were on our way to this show and I could feel my pantyhose kind of rolling down off of my stomach. <laughs> they just weren't fitting properly. They weren't staying put. Oh, no. And I thought, oh dear, if I have to stand in front of the class and keep pulling up my pantyhose every once in a while, that doesn't look very professional. So we, we arrived early at this place where we were going to teach and there was a, a strip mall right across the street. And I said, I'm going to run over to the strip mall and see if I can get a longer length in the pantyhose so that they're not rolling down on me all the time. So I ran across the street, hanging on to my pantyhose for dear life, because they were rolling <laughs> as i walking. I get over to the store, and they only had one brand. And they, all, they were all similar in size, and I didn't know what I was going to get. So I got the largest ones I could get that were also long in length, because I'm long waisted, so it, it doesn't sit on my waist properly and i said to the lady at the cash register i said do you have a washroom she said yeah there's a new washroom that's right around the corner here so i went out into this public washroom went into the stall sat down on the toilet took off my pantyhose that weren't working and was starting to put on the new pantyhose and as i'm putting my foot into the pantyhose i leaned forward to get my foot in the pantyhose And what I didn't realize was this was a new high-end washroom that was automated. And as I leaned forward, the toilet automatically flushed. And it didn't just flush a little bit. It had this huge suction to it. (laughs) And it was pulling the back of my dress down. And I thought, oh, no, it's going to get all wet in the toilet. So I jumped up. But I only had half of my pantyhose on. And so I, I kind of stumbled a bit and I fell forward and rammed my head into the stall door. And I just saw stars. It was just like I really hit myself hard. And what I didn't realize was someone else had come into the washroom in the meantime. (laughs) <laughs> and they, they heard me slam against this door and they said, are you okay in there, dearie? And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I'm fine. You know, and I thought, oh my goodness, it was terrible. <laughs> so I finally got the pantyhose on and got out of the stall and I went to wash my hands and then I'm looking down and my dress is wrapping around my legs and sticking to me. Well, there's so much static (laughs) in these new pantyhose that came out of this plastic envelope thing that my dress was sticking to. I thought, I can't do that either. So I had to get my hands wet and rub them on my legs to take the static (laughs) out of the pantyhose so that my dress would not wrap around my legs. At the end of that day, I took that dress off and I've never worn another dress (laughs) to teach again. And when I tell people that story, they just, they think it's hysterical because I guess they can relate to different fitting problems. But I just, at the time, it wasn't funny. I was just horrified. But oh. yeah, that was, that was one of my uh, major <laughs> issues at, at teaching.
0: Oh, that is such a hilarious story. And you know, it actually reminds me of a joke my son used to tell me when he was tiny. He's 19 now. But when he was young, he, we used to always tell a family joke. And it was knock, knock. And then, well, you, you, I'll tell it to you. So knock, knock. Who's there? Panther. Panther who? Panther, no pants. I'm going swimming. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> we I guess we could say Panther. no pants. I'm going quilting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he used to say that all the time. I thought it was adorable, but that is the most hilarious dress story. Yeah, I, I just can't see a dress being conducive to <laughs> running around teaching all the time, unless no. it's a long dress or something comfy, um, like long. Okay, so thank you for braving the lightning round, Robin, that was super fun. Um, There's one thing that I sort of didn't get into in the whole EQ conversation, and I just wanted to talk about the how to plan quilting designs on there. So you can get pretty intricate with your quilt designs, right, when you're going to do the quilting. So tell us a little bit about that aspect of the program.
1: Well, like any quilt, you start with a block. And you make a series of blocks now your blocks might all be the same, or they might be the same layout but different colors, or they might be totally different block styles in each block. Now, when I had my big sewing room in my house, I had a big design wall and I could put my blocks on the wall, and then I could shuffle them around to see how they would look as a total quilt layout. Um, but when I downsized I no longer have a big wall, so I use my EQ program for that. So I take my blocks and I put it into a layout on the quilt uh, the quilt work table in the program. I lay out my, my design on how I think I want it to be. And then I save that original layout in the program. And then I have a different part of the program. It's just a button, and you click on it, and every time you click on it, up to 16 times, it will rotate your blocks into different layouts, so you can get a feel for how it would look if you took the same blocks and laid them out a little differently. Mm -hmm. And what happens is the secondary and tertiary patterns suddenly become visible that you didn't see to start with. So you can save however many you want it does up to 16 different variations and then on the 17th click it goes back to the original. So between that layout opportunity that's in there and the randomized tool that changes the colors uh, for you, you can have a really good visual as to how your quilt will look using the blocks that you've created.
0: Oh, that's so cool. I love it. Okay, so when you're planning, so now that you've pieced your entire, or you've decided how you're going to piece it, you've got the layout and design of your quilt made, let's talk about quilting it, and how you can design the whether you're going to do straight stitch quilting, or free motion quilting, or do embroidery, like you've gone, you've gone as far as embroidery. So let's talk about that
1: part of it. Well, built into the program, there's um, blocks that they call quilt stencils, which is actually just the outline, a stitching outline. Mm -hmm. And you can bring those and you can overlay those over the blocks that you have in your layout. And you can see how they will align and will it enhance the block or will it, uh, you know, take away from the block with the stitching. And then you can take that, uh, those block those um, stencils, and you can edit them. You can also also take your block that you have and use it as a background, and draw your own quilting lines. So then you have a pattern that you want that you can print, and you can stitch the pattern onto the blocks, or uh, you can create like a pantograph pattern that goes from edge to edge. And if you have someone who does long arm quilting for you, you can take that to them, and they can interpret that into uh, their quilting that they're doing for you on the quilt. So you can actually see. The quilt stitches in the finest, final image. So, of course, um, if I've added a block that has machine embroidery in the middle, I'm probably not going to want to quilt through that. So, I will quilt, draw a design where I've quilted around that, that will be the exact same size as my block area. So, I can print that pattern and then use that in my stitching.
0: Yeah, that's such a great feature, especially around embroidery. And also, there's a lot of people who make t shirt quilts and then they're trying to figure out what do I do? I don't want to quilt over the design. And Mm -hmm. so it's great that you can design around that. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I want to remind everyone if you want to see some of Yvonne's published work, go to the EQ website at electricquilt.com and click on the blog tab. And if you type in Yvonne's name on the search bar, everything she's done will come up. Okay, now I'm going to mention this week's contest giveaway. Today's giveaway is a few fat quarters of Northcott fabric, so there will be one lucky winner who gets a nice little package in the mail, but check out what EQ is offering. Watch a free demo at electricquilt.com and save 20% through March 31st with code FIRE20 so it's february 22nd today when this podcast is airing Um, this is a discount code just for quilter on fire podcast listeners fire 20 is the code the offer applies to purchases of eq8 and eq8 software and lesson books and it excludes classes so remember it expires march 31st 2022 Also, another thing to mention about EQ is that they have something coming up. They have an EQ Academy event live in Perrysburg, Ohio at their headquarters. And enrollment for the event opens January 25th. So it's already open. And the event is April 28th to 30th, 2022. So you want to check that out if you're interested in doing a little bit of traveling. Okay, so that is such a generous prize. I'm so happy about Northcutt being the sponsor and EQ offering this great discount. So definitely go check those out. Now, as we wrap up, what do you want quilters to take away most from our conversation today?
1: You know, just to to be inspired, to uh, continually grow, to um, just try new things, experiment, and and know that your EQ program is going to be there to help you with whatever your new vision is. Uh, Grandkids are great for that. Grandkids will come up and say, Grandma, can you make this? And I think, well... I've never thought about making that, but there I go right to my program and see what tools I can use. So yeah, just uh, keep growing, keep enjoying the learning process and, and sharing with others that, and know that your EQ program will be there to support you.
0: Yvonne, I just loved having you on the show. We've learned so much about EQ today. So thank you for being here.
1: Thanks for having me, Brandy. It's been a blast.
0: Oh, good. Okay. Okay. So that was my show with Yvonne Meneer. It's so great to find a quilter with a passion for a product that is a leader in the industry for quilt block and pattern design for so many years. So Yvonne has explored every area of the EQ program. She is known for her detailed instructions and her thorough lessons. And I've been so pleased to share her expertise with you today. Okay, again, if you want to book her for your guild or your retreat or event, or even consider private lessons with her. She caters her teaching to your needs specifically. So connect with her today at minir.yvonne at gmail.com. Now, are you loving this podcast? Take a moment right now to think of a friend who might love it too. I would be so thrilled if you would share this podcast with a friend or write a review on your podcast app. The kindest thing you can do to support a creator is to introduce them to your friends. Thank you for listening to the Quilter on Fire podcast. Until next time, dream big and have fun in the studio with the Quilter on Fire.